Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Divided Films, the podcast where we talk about movies that audiences and critics do not agree on. My name is JJ, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Keith. Hello! And returning to the podcast today is our good friend, Heather Tedesco. Welcome back, Heather. Hey, guys. Happy to be here. So happy to have you back, Heather, uh, to talk about another divided film. Uh, So today, we are talking about the 2019 superhero movie, Captain Marvel. I believe it's our first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And hopefully only one. Well, excuse yeah. you. I, I don't know if there's too many other uh, divided MCU that's true. movies. Um, but, you that's know. what I meant. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually a good point, right? Because every other movie has just been universally loved as it should be. I'm a big MCU girl. so Yeah, we're big MCU girls as well. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we're very happy to get one of them on our, uh, on our roster here. So, um, Captain Marvel falls into the category of having a positive score with critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a negative score with audiences. Um, It has a 78% approval rating with critics and a 48% approval rating with audiences. So 30% difference. I think that's pretty significant. Um, The movie's uh, critical consensus is on Rotten Tomatoes. Packed with action, humor, and visual thrills, Captain Marvel introduces the MCU's latest hero with an origin story that makes effective use of the franchise's signature formula. Uh, So that is kind of like the beginning log line there. So, um, you know, what what did you think when you found out that this was initially a divided film? Because it is unusual for the MCU to have this sort of divide. Um, and because also I just for starters, you know, I think this was a highly anticipated movie considering it's the first female led MCU movie, a long time coming. One might say overdue. Yeah. And it's riding the high of Infinity War. Right. This comes, um, I believe after Infinity War, it was Ant-Man and the Wasp and then this. So this was like the, the predecessor to Endgame. So this is when there's a lot of MCU buzz going around. Um, so. Um, what, Heather, to start us off, what what do you think of this movie and what do you think of this divide? What explains that? So I'm going to start by saying that I my, my feelings for this movie were super positive. And when I found out that it was divided, I was disappointed in the MCU fans. I really think that, you know, there's some sexism going on in the MCU fandom uh, Mm -hmm. because this, it says it right in the tagline, right? It followed the format, right? Uh, We have a character that's in a lot of ways doing a lot of similar snarkastic, snarky, sarcastic, you know, uh, little, little moments and, you know, the way that she is with Fury. So I think that she has a lot of the same, um, characteristics of my favorite MCU character, who is Iron Man, um, Mm -hmm. but in a more feminine way, right? And I just, I think that, I mean, I'll go all feminist on you for a minute, right? And say that like, when 
guys and girls have the same behaviors when a girl does it it's bitchy or when a girl does it it's x y or z and when a guy right. does it it's strong and it's confident and it's powerful and i'm like frustrated with the fandom because i think that that's what was happening when they were watching this movie and yeah, yeah. i agree there is a double standard even like going you know before the movie you, you get all those promotional images of the character and I, I, I remember there was like a firestorm because like some of these butthurt fans were like, you know, why don't you smile more? And then it's like, well, you know, none of these other heroes smiled on their posters. So I, I agree with you that that an element to this negative audience score, part of that is from maybe some like sexist fans who are holding this character to a double standard. I, I will give you that. However, I will just say this. I found this movie to be disappointing personally and i think it's because um this movie for me doesn't really stand out in any sort of way in terms of style or even like this i mean there's some interesting story elements here but i just think like the formula in the consensus that word formulaic kind of hits home it kind of feels like your typical marvel movie except that it's a female-led movie but everything else about it seems like your assembly line mcu movie it seems almost generic in many elements of it and i found that to be disappointing considering so many movies that came before it had a very unique style to them they were giving like directors more creative freedom and in this one it just seemed like very like like run-of-the-mill to me so i think that has a lot to do with the timing of its release because my fiance and I just started doing a, re a rewatch in chronological order. Um, mm -hmm. He has not seen all the movies. I have seen them all in like many times. I've seen some on TV, some in the, the like I've seen them all in theaters, but I've also seen them, you know, in many different settings. Um, and I think, you know, I'm, I have the release dates up, right? It came out, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp came out. Then Captain Marvel and then Endgame, but it was or right before that, right? It was Infinity War, Ant Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame. So right. you've got powerful, heavy hitting movies that are not origin stories that have multiple characters that have you know these are like these are like the movies that you put up on another pedestal, right? They're mm -hmm. your trophy case movies, and it got sandwiched with them. And I don't think that's fair. When you watch it in chronological order and you're watching it against Captain America, the original Thor, the original Iron Man, um, uh, you know, all of those origin stories, it totally holds up. That's an interesting point. Yeah, yeah that's, that is interesting because at this point, you know, I feel like we were now in terms of the, the MCU release timeline at this point, you know, deep into phase three, I think a lot of audience members were over the origin story aspect. You know, we already got all that in phase one, some of that in phase two. And then even the new heroes we're getting in phase three are already established. Like Black Panther's already Black Panther. We already know him from a previous movie. You know, Spider-Man, we've always known Spider-Man. Um, so at this point, it's like, oh, we're going back now. It almost felt like going backwards a bit. Like we're going back to the origin story again. So it was maybe that could be an element too. Like just, oh, we're, we're tired of this like origin story format. But Keith, what what do you, what, what are your initial I, There's thoughts? so many points I want to make, but Heather just like uh, brought up a very good one. This does, through all its pros and cons, this does feel like a phase one movie where Marvel was still figuring out its 
like, you know, Thor, how much has Thor has changed? How much has Captain America changed since their first movies? And how much has Hulk changed? I mean, they completely changed actors. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it, it does work better in phase one. And that's when I was doing my uh, rewatch for Endgame, watching it in the phase one lineup. It does work a lot better. I am a, I don't want to say diehard, but I really do like what the MCU has done. I think what Kevin Feige has done is nothing short of like, he deserves his place in the producer's hall of fame for creating the most successful cinematic world. Uh, I, when I, I, I did ask you guys to, for a good exercise for this pod, uh, this episode right. to list your favorite or like rank your MCU movies. And it's tougher. It's actually, to me, it was a little bit tougher than I thought, at least in the middle. Yeah, the middle and was murky for me. <laughs> middle, Middle's tough. Uh, but I realize I can defend, I don't think any of the movies are rotten. I know people, have, when I say I like the MCU, people go talk, they would come up to me, friends go like, oh, you know, superhero fatigue. And I'm like, that's fine. Personally, I get I can get why Iron Man 2 is not your favorite. It's not something you go out of your way to watch. You watch it with a rewatch. I have picked up like stuff that I liked and stuff that I don't like. And I think MCU has always done its... They listen to their audience and fix their mistakes, or at least try to. I think Captain Marvel is a fine movie. And, and in its place of being in in the phase three where it where you're there's heavy hit even like thor like you're coming off of thor ragnarok spider-man homecoming uh black panther infinity war and, and even ant-man and the wasp is pretty low on my list as well it's fine it's formulaic and i it probably i always think in, and maybe in like a couple of years, we'll say in hindsight, Black Widow's movie probably would have fit better in this slot and Captain Marvel would have been like start of phase four. Uh, right. Possibly. Uh, Possibly. I think it would have added her arc. That's a whole new podcast. Wait, MCU and you. Uh, but I think this movie's fine. MCU I think this me. movie is not without... This movie does have its flaws. This movie does have, has, has, has its surprising pros and strong pros uh but and and to go to your point about this movie does also fall into the line of along with last jedi and i would also add joker to the list where there are two extremes on both sides that kind of cancel out any real criticism or debate that this movie can have i remember this movie got it tough and and i really don't want to go into it but you know i think brie larson got a lot of undeserved hate for comments that she probably could have said a little bit. I understood her comments. I don't have a problem with them. She could have said them a little bit better in my opinion, but I, well, think, let's just focus then um, on yeah, like, yeah, her but actual I think within a lot the of that context hate, of the movie. I think, no, no, no. But I think a lot of that does come out in the anger in like the, the audience score. And once you're, it's like getting a failing grade right off the bat, you have to work your way. It's hard to get, up from a 48 even with all the positives right i think um you know that that's unfortunate you should always go into a movie like with a blank slate you know Um, exactly and i don't i think a lot of people went into this movie wanting to hate it just because like oh you know she said this about us so f her well you know brie larson 
I have a tough time with her performance in this movie. I feel like, you know, the the movie does a lot to write up her backstory. You know, you get these flashbacks of her life, and they give her like an interest interesting glimpses into her life. You know, as a child growing up and all these things. But what we get, I feel like. Brie Larson is just kind of like stiff in this movie. And I feel like a lot of her, I get she's like, you know, she's from the, you know, she's um, in the Air Force, you know, and she's like a tough cookie and everything. But a lot of those jokes that she delivers, I feel like she gives such wooden deliveries at times. And I just find her in this movie to not be very like interesting, like with, with, with the way about her. She just seems to not really be charming or that, that like have any real personality at all to me would you blame the writing uh, this movie uh had five people involved in it and it feels like captain marvel is a hard character to do growing up she was always like i never really got into her just because she was always like the friend of the avengers she would pop in for you know like hi everybody i'm here to help you with this mission so i never really got a handle on her and i feel like the writers there's five people involved in the story of this and they that's never a little got, too much that's it one feels too many like, five, like you know there the moments when she's with uh nick fury are probably the best it's where she's most relaxed and the right like the character work in that but it feels she's jumping around personality i blame the writing i think she's actually pretty good and I can't wait to see her grow in this role, but I, I blame the screenplay I, number one in this. I feel like a lot of times the joke is on her. Like she's the butt of the joke. Like when she first lands back on earth and she's just like coming off as a crazy person, like the movie kind of makes her look like an idiot. And I, I, I mean, like it's like, yeah. I get it. Like the joke is like, you know, she's kind of like a fish out of water, I guess, even on her own planet. But I'm like, this almost seems like, she, you know, am I supposed to be rooting for her or laughing at her? I don't even know. See, but I liked that she was like, because like, okay, Thor has that going on in the first Thor movie too, right? Mm -hmm. And, but the difference is that like everyone um, like is just so enamored by how attractive he is that like it doesn't matter. But like in this movie, it's the same kind of thing. And she just brushes it off because she's too freaking cool. And, like, I mm-hmm. thought that was awesome. I thought she was a badass. And also, mm-hmm. like, she reminds me of people I know in real life. So, oh, in really? some, yeah, in some ways, I think it was refreshing to not see an over-dramatized personality, you know? Where in this, in the MCU, we have some really, like, especially in the origin story movies. And we have to... We have to give Brie Larson credit, right? Because by the time you get to phase three, these characters have, ha- or these actors have had a lot of time to play these characters. So mm-hmm. she's go, she's set up to fail in this. She, it's, she has a tougher go for sure. I mean, even like in the post credit scene where it's like, where's Nick Fury? Da da da. Like what actually happened when they filmed that is she was like in a room by herself and they filmed the other shot of the other actors separately. So she doesn't even know plot-wise what the heck's even going on. Well, and that's the other thing, too, is that in the MCU, there's so much secrecy that like and competing priorities, right? Because they were doing some of this filming while they were also filming her movie. And so she filmed that scene not only to no one, right? So she doesn't know who the frick she's talking to, but also she filmed it before she filmed the movie. Yeah, that's really crazy. So... So you're 
filming this scene that's charged with so much emotion and and background and everything without ever having had the chance to know your connection to Nick Fury. Like, what is your motivation in this moment? I, you have no idea because you don't know who else is, in the, is in, on screen. You don't know your connection to Nick Fury. You mm-hmm. don't know, like, there's too many things that she doesn't know. Yeah, she has to BS her way through that, like, really yeah. bizarre scene that she's filming. Um, yeah, it's, so yeah, I, I, I do acknowledge that, like, this is, this is tough for her to come in at this late stage in the game, you know, um, when she is playing, like, a, part that is really important like to this overarching mcu infinity saga you know um at least you know she it's just it's tough i feel like you know there are times where i felt like watching this movie i'm like this is a movie dedicated to explaining a day ex machina in the beginning of Endgame. it's like <laughs> it's like they wrote infinity war and they're like well how are we gonna get tony stark out of deep space what if uh, some new character saves him. Well, what character? Well, let's write a movie about that, and that'll explain it. And as and much as I like love Endgame, they you know. kind of poochie like a Simpson reference. They kind of poochied her in Endgame. Like she uh, only she only kind of is just like I'm the one to find uh, Tony Stark in space, and then I have to go back five years later. I have to go back to my home planet. It, they need me now. Goodbye and t- goodbye for two and a half hours. Yeah, and uh, and then she comes back and does an awesome thing. That like those, I will say, even though I really don't think she added that much to the plot of Endgame, I do like her badass moment in Endgame, and I do think I'm like this. Okay, she's MCU material. Like I have no problem with Brie Larson. It just it's the writing. Uh, it's the I think when you're trying to find a uh, trying to find a character that not many people know, and you're, you know, a lot of the MCU characters are not even their comic book character personality. Thor being one, so it's, I once again, I feel like five people had different visions for it. And, well, also maybe the directors yeah. too, because I feel like directors yes. also play a big part in developing a character with the actor, and I feel like these directors came into this project. And they didn't really add their like footprint on it. Like I don't see anything from a yeah. unique perspective about this movie's vision. Like when you go back, like oh Thor Ragnarok, that's Taika Watiti. That's totally like a unique take on you know this movie. And I don't get like any sort of unique take uh, in this movie. That's that's they a big hangup for me. Choice uh, Anna Bode. Bowen and Bowen and Ryan Fleck are very good directors. They've done small independent character movies. Hap Nelson with Ryan Gosling, Mississippi Grind with Ben Mendelsohn and Ryan Reynolds. Actually, I love that movie. Uh, but they, you know, their biggest, their, you know, their budget is like ten million, if if even. And I was looking at other choices, like the director of Babadook was considered. I don't oh, think she really? Died, but she was, yeah, she was considered. Well, I did see one name, and it was the director of Hustlers. I actually think after watching Hustlers and uh, Nick and Nor, I think she would have been a very... I think her style would have fit well with Captain Marvel. But uh, Anna, Bo- Anna Bowen and Ryan Fleck, there. The moments where this movie shined were the small Nick Fury and Captain Marvel. The action was very formulaic for me. Like, it, uh, for an action-packed 
third act, I there were no stakes. Well, Once you know what? God. There were so many like obvious choices. I feel like they made. Like for me, the cringiest moment in this movie is when the soundtrack starts playing "I'm Just a Girl" by No Doubt because that I is loved such it. no, it's such an obvious and almost like forced moment like i feel like it, it took me out of it because totally i'm like where is this even coming from and i'm like all right i get it it's the 90s it's a female superhero i get it and they're just hitting me over the head with it at that point and again i didn't even feel like it fit in with that the tone like that was totally off for me at that moment i was it tried like, to be having it's guardians and galaxy moment and yeah that, it works and doesn't the action scene they they wasted that actress enough that they're bringing her back for another movie. That Doctor Minerva, and like oh Annette Benning. Uh... No, no, no. Well, we can get into that. Uh, but uh, Min- like the second bad guy, Minerva. Oh, the the one who's like oh we didn't hang out or whatever. Like yeah, it's like that... I never liked you. But I mean, she's gonna be the lead in the Eternals. But I thought they exploded her. N- not not that character. Oh, the they actress is coming like, back oh, in a different role. We definitely role? wasted this actress in something. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, and they're bringing sure. her back. You have to let go of the past. I don't remember my past. It's causing you doubt, and doubt makes you vulnerable. Control it. Lose control again, and you'll have to commune with the supreme intelligence. There's nothing more dangerous to a warrior than emotion. Well, okay, so I think that um, you know the the this movie also gets a lot of flack for I guess not a very interesting villain, which would be Jude Law, right? Like <laughs> first... a... see, okay, oh, I have feelings. The fact about that this. you're calling him Jude Law. Is What's something. his name? I don't even remember the name of the character. Exactly. Okay, I don't remember his name either. But Jan Rogue or Rog. Is that what it is? Rog? Jan Rogers. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. What? But see, here's the thing, though. With I, what I, things that I thought were interesting about that character, right, were that, first of all, this movie passes the Bechdel test. There are no romantic nonsenses in this movie, which is really nice. Um, And so, but I, what I liked was that there was this, um, like when he was like, whose blood is, is flowing through her veins and it's his. And it's like this, like, like, I want to like, I want to spend more time with Jude Law's character and learn like why, you know, when you discovered her and who she is, like, why did you take such a special interest in her? Mm-hmm. Why did you make it so personal? Like, you know, it's, and it's like, it's like scary, like Stockholmy, right? Like he's super gaslighty to her, and like, but it's well, like yeah. compa- it's super compelling, and it's like stuff again that you could conceivably see in the real world. Well, yes. I wish maybe they showed him maybe having some guilt because he seemed to have like a genuine friendship with her at least in the beginning, and you know I get it, he's lying to her. And he's like, you know, using her for like a means to an end. But like, does he feel bad at all about this since he's growing a true friendship? Like, what? Well, yeah, what are his thoughts? I don't even know. I think this movie focuses way more on the plot than on the characters. And, you know, it's just it's just like, you know, we have to get from A to B and let's not. I feel like they don't slow down to sort of have those moments where it's like, what, what are the characters thinking in this moment? Heather, I agree with you that the message of this movie is a plus for me, but uh, what would have added a lot to 
Jude Law's character is I was waiting to hear who the Supreme Intelligence appears to him as. That yeah. would have added yeah. a whole lot of character to some, like, because Jude Law is kind of in the beginning and then spurts through the middle and then he pops up at the end. And he's not, like, I, I actually did, like, you know, ready for this final fight and then he gets his ass kicked right away. Well, that was obvious. Uh, I mean, that was like, was, all right, like, it, just blast them away. We know you're going mean, to do it. I mean, we can get into little side characters. Like, I knew Agent Coulson was going to come back. I knew they weren't going to. I just said goodbye to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I really appreciate Coulson as a character, but I knew they weren't going to do any. Coulson was going to be a plot point. It was nice. It's a fan service plot point, and I was okay with that. But you're bringing back Ronan. You're, like, Lee Pace must have I just hated that. Day I hated that. And he, like... I thought that whole thing was wasted. Well, that's like the appearance of like all these characters from other movies. That is, I think what multi going to have a hard time with this movie on. I think this movie focuses too much on like franchise building than just being an an individualistic movie that can stand on its own. Cause there's way too much of like bridging the gaps between other movies. Like, Oh, the Cree and Ronan, remember that from guardians and Oh, Coulson, remember him? And it's like, Oh, this is how fury, this is how fury loses his eye. And it's really stupid. And like, I feel like this movie is like one of the like movies in the MCU that just cannot, that makes no sense out of context. Like you can watch other movies on their own. They stand great on their own. This one does not stand on its own. It only makes sense in the context of the overarching infinity saga. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Again, watching it. I, I encourage the two of you and all listeners to if you are a big fan of the MCU, watch it in chronological order. It okay. really makes a big difference because when this is the first time you're seeing the Kree and Ronan and Agent Carlson, it's actually pretty cool. So, and and again, like, that's not how it was released. So it's hard to, like, you know, because you also have to put yourself in the position of somebody who watched it in theaters because a lot of people, they watched it in theaters and that's probably their only exposure to it. And so I get that. Um, but if we're talking about rewatchability, right? A lot of these movies, like the original Thor is not that great a movie. It's not. I agree. It has its moments. It has it its has moments. Strengths. Like, like all, I can defend all of them in their own way. But you know, but I, I, agree. I know that's, what you're talking about. Yes. That's another, that's another one that I feel like only really existed to like like advance this like overarching franchise plot and it doesn't really work as well on its own and um you know um, i don't i'm not saying captain marvel is the only movie that i feel this way about but it's one of them well but like even still right at the time it was the only thor movie and it didn't have anything to put into anything else right so you were watching it without those expectations of all the puzzle pieces and at this point in phase three we're expecting everything to, to, to neatly mesh into each other, right? And fit super, super well. And they had to go back and figure out where gaps were so that they could put it in. As opposed to, you know, when you look at the chronological order versus the release order, they, they do match up at certain points, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a few spots where, okay, watch this instead of this, watch this instead of this, watch Captain America first. Um, and like, other than that, it lines up. But when you think about it that way, 
you know, the, the puzzle pieces do something different and they create the picture a little bit differently. And it's, and it's really compelling. I, I'm not arguing with, I like, I, I agree. I actually do like the fact that people actually give a, they give a crap about the continuity um, and the canon in this MCU, especially now we're 23 movies in. And Jesus. Yeah, no, it's, I think yeah. that's so impressive, but you have to admit that Lee Pay, like Ronan, whatever, like whatever you think about him in Guardians, like, okay, they're setting him up. He's like, I'm sending my fleet. And then he just stands there watching the final. Like, there should have been, I feel like it was such a waste. A waste of a good actor, waste of a character. And it, it, there's there's fan service. And then they're like, hey, remember this from this. And then there's fan service, which adds to the plot. That's well, why I, I wasn't that mad about Coulson. They're not going to mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. I, I totally understood that. Well, of all the characters, actually, of all the characters to bring back, Ronan is again one of the least interesting villains in a previous. And you could have so, made him interesting. Yeah, you could have. Maybe that was potential. Um, and they almost hinted that he'll be back, right? And they're like, "We're going to come back for her." I'm like, "No, I don't want more of this guy, this this Ronan guy." If this is what like the main, like, um, I hope he's not going to be like the main like franchise villain in this like you know in these Captain Marvel movies, no. like I, you know that that I feel like will like bog it down with more like franchise building. Like you know, how does this connect with other things? I'm like, just how does it work on its own? How about that? I don't know if you guys have been following like comic like movie news in general. Granted, we haven't had a movie in in it's been so long. It's been seven hundred uh, years. It, it's been so long. I remember for BC times. Uh, but I um. They did announce that they are going to do a Captain Marvel two. This movie made a billion dollars. Of well, course, yeah. it's going to get a sequel. And she's finally, she's she's going to be like part of the future of the MCU. I think that was obvious, they right? They finally chose a director, Mia DaCosta, if I'm saying that right, or um, and she is a she's also an up and coming. She her her movie Candyman was supposed to come out or is now coming out. She did the remake of Candyman. Candyman? They are remaking Candyman with Jordan Peele's. Right, right. I that. Company. Yeah. And it must be, uh, people must have seen it because I think she was, like, Marvel wanted her. I think DC or Star Wars wanted her. Like, um, okay. So and I, as I was watching, with that information going into this, uh, I actually think, I think uh, Captain, I think uh, Carol Danvers is a character that could be, that could be better served as a Hulk. And hear me out. Hulk had his movie. We can't really do much with Hulk movies because he's so powerful. We had, we had, I, 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 look, Incredible Hulk is the last on my list and I can find a way to defend it in some way. Uh, but uh, Bruce Banner had better development as a side character. And mm -hmm. watching this, I, Monica Rambo, the daughter, the young girl, is going to be a, uh, a character in that. Wanda Vision nice. show as an adult. I can't remember who the actress that they casted in that, but I think you can have Carol's story. But I think the main character might be that young girl. And also, you're going to get Kamala Khan, who's the captain, who's Miss Marvel. Who uh, I think there are other. I I, I think Captain Marvel too might have like be better served to have two antagonists because when your character is a god, it's kind of hard to. Mm -hmm. develop personally but i think that's the route and the right route for them to go personally. well and so I, I and i think that this is you know it's like something that is worth like revisiting 
is that I think I like the Thor movies better after after Dark World actually Dark World after Ragnarok came out right it made me like the other two more so I think that maybe that we'll have that same effect right where we yes and and then we'll be able to look back on this movie more fondly um and again, I liked it. So no, I agree. No, I know, I, I that ha- that's that's exactly happened with Captain America. Like everyone really thought the first one was boring, and if you and you can still consider it that. But after, I think Captain America had one of the, if not the best arc in the MCU, and and going back, Captain America is the first one is such a. I really do enjoy that movie, and there's a lot of heart to that movie, and uh, yes, the, Captain Marvel. It's in out. It's only been a year and a half. Give people time to just say, give people time to see where this character goes. Right. And then, you know, let it get weird. And yeah, exactly. Let's maybe see a more like bold, like direction with like the sequel, like a more like distinctive, like um, artistic choice with like, you know, where, you know, I mean, because you can go anywhere in the universe. Like, I think there's a lot of potential Right. I mean, she's saying how she's going to all these other places in in the universe and helping other people and having all these adventures. So I think there's a lot of creative opportunities there. So I think, you know, with, again, with Thor, like, you know, the third one has such a bold, distinctive take on it that the previous movies benefited. So that could be the potential for for um, for Captain Marvel. I don't know if you guys uh, knows, know who, what the Supreme Intelligence actually looks like in the comics but he's a giant green alien multi-eyed alien head robot head or alien robot head in the comics and i i was actually going like are they going to show this and they never did and that's such a bold risky move that they could have gotten away with and i hope they do it in the sequel that's such a weird they need to get weird i think it's a it'll be interesting if she can like break the supreme intelligence and not like and be able to see it in its true form, I think that that would be an interesting, like, situation. I also think it would be interesting if Jude Law's character saw her when he saw the Supreme Intelligence, because it's the person you admire most, right? Maybe it's her. And maybe it's Carol. And that would be great, because it would be an interesting... It would be interesting to look into, like, the psychology of that, right? Because this is some, like he would be admiring most this person that he's also been abusing. Like the whole thing would be just really cool. Like, again, like I, I think on some level, what I liked about this movie is that it like in a lot of ways it can stand out as a non superhero movie. Like if you take some of the superhero ness out of it and the powers and that stuff, you still have a cool, compelling movie of like this guy that took advantage of this woman who um didn't remember her past and he changed the narrative and he brainwashed her and gaslit her until she like it's cool it's like a it's like a beauty and the beast kind of thing you know i also think maybe too you could have focused a lot on the mystery element of it because i think plot wise that was the only thing unique about this movie i can think of is the plot structure and how you know this is a character who doesn't know her past and she has to piece all these different elements together to figure out what exactly happened to her where is she from like there are all these mysterious elements that she's discovering and she's rediscovering her past so you know there is kind of that element of it too this sort of like adventure of you know discovering the truth that memory scramble kind of, like i like i actually 
for the most part, I dig the born identity element to uncovering yeah. her past, but that memory scramble, it like right before she goes to Earth with the scrolls, that I, they kind of gave away a lot of their cards with that. Like you kind of get a sense of who she was, where she like you figure it out pretty through. quickly. You figure like, it out very quickly. You figure it out before she figures it out, and I feel like it's like that's okay. If she's a smart character, she should be able to figure it out faster yeah. than that. But question: because we've gotten so used to movies that are so long, you have to like bring a catheter, like do a you catheter <laughs> because you can't pee in the middle of the movie. You have to like pee in oh. the, like. It's like a bad joke. Okay. <laughs> I won't cut that out. <laughs> I was almost going to let that go, but I was like, wait a second. So movies are so long, you can't take a pee break because you're worried about missing something, right? These movies mm-hmm. are, are are like coming up on, I mean, Gone with the Wind, for example, had a fucking intermission. This is intermission. two hours, though. This is like a no, two-hour no, no. But we're, we're getting used to movies that are over three hours long. So did it feel fast because we're getting used to these longer movies or did it feel fast because it felt fast? Because I didn't, again, I didn't think this time around. And like, I've only seen this movie twice because it came out so recently and I hadn't gotten a chance to do, like, because of where it is in the rewatch, if you don't do it in chronological order, I, I, I haven't gotten a chance to go back to it yet. So this, mm-hmm. I, this was my second viewing when I viewed it uh, earlier this week. And it didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't mind the pacing. I didn't think we, we learned things too fast. I, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a well-structured movie. I cried even today during the Stan Lee tribute. That was, that was probably the best. I, that was excellent. Uh, and oh, that's his the cameo intro? was excellent. Yeah. Like, what was his cameo this time around? The mall rat. He played, the, yeah. he oh. played himself in this movie. Because he actually is in Mallrats, so it's right. it's really really cool. Because like so like he plays Hugh Hefner in freaking uh, Iron, Iron Man, Man, and like he plays like other humans, like other real existent humans yeah, in the yeah. other movies. And so it's really something really sweet about the fact that his last, well, I, the last is weird because like he was almost last. last. Almost last, the what I think is considered his last for like, I don't know, the one that tributes him yeah. is also the one where he plays himself. I thought that was so And even so Brie cool. Larson gives like a, like, you, you did good work. Like yeah. she gives that, her smile and that is very like I, sincere. I oh my God, it breaks my freaking heart. It was that, just. That makes it different. I didn't know that he's in Mallrats because like for me watching this, I'm like, oh, he's reading a script to Mallrats because it's the 90s and they really hit that over the head. The 90s. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. She lands in a blockbuster and the security guard tells her to go to Radio Shack. And when she, you know, you also have at one point uh, Nirvana playing when she's like seeing this. And Nine Inch Nails, which I'm like, that worked for her. I'm like, I get it. It's the 90s. Again, no doubt. But, 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 but we are 90s children. So. The way that we look at movie or things like Stranger Things, right? It's set in the 80s. And like for us, it's not as being hit over the head with it. But we also didn't grow up in the 80s. Now, for someone who grew up in the 80s, they're like, "Ugh, Stranger Things really hits you over the head. So I wonder if like if you ask somebody from Gen Z or someone from Generation TikTok 
if they like what they think of the 90s aspects of it if they think you're hitting it over the head because maybe it's just the function of a period piece and because this period is our is our period the one that we are most like sensitive to because it's when we were growing up if it just felt more aggressive to us because we and that's the other thing right we can pick out every single little that's a 90s thing that's a 90s thing somebody who wasn't growing up during the 90s may miss some of those and then when they find out from like later on like oh all the music was from the 90s or oh all the blah blah blahs from the 90s it might be cool and interesting to them i just thought that uh yeah maybe i'm biased right as a 90s kid uh but you know it's like when you have all these references to the 90s it's either a to like establish when you are or b to like make a joke again at the setting but a lot of times i didn't think it was even funny it was just like 90s 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 like it was just like a random 90s reference forced into it and i'm like it does it stopped working after a while i'm like i'm over it sometimes it doesn't it just like uh only taking like stranger things season one i don't think it's set in the 80s, but I, I never thought it, li- like, don't you think Captain Marvel kind of, like, lingered on a 90s reference a little, just a second or two it too was like long a crutch. winked it, at you and just like, hey, 90s. It was almost Whereas like a Stranger crutch. Things, it's just like, hey, we're in the 80s. No one's picking up, like, I, I, I do, granted, maybe they go a little overboard in the other seasons, but I, sometimes it works and sometimes, uh, the, the computer joke made me laugh. Uh, when While they were waiting for when the, they were uh, waiting. I, I liked that. that. I thought that was a well. I, I also that, think that was a good one. I, I I hate to be so hard on this movie, but I also think that the humor is like very hit and miss. Like I just feel like there are times where it just seems forced, and you know, like the quips don't always work, or sometimes they just have like a scene where like, you know, they're asking this one the leader scroll guy like, so can you turn into like a file cabinet or something? And it's like, I feel like that didn't really work. You know, it just it scrolls, just seems so excellent. forced because it's like it's a Marvel movie, so it's got to be funny. But so. And the, the humor in Marvel movies, though, also has evolved over time from, what, like, what we expect humor in Marvel movies to look like. Because, like, Thor Ragnarok, like, you laugh your ass off during Thor Ragnarok. But, mm. like, some of the other movies are more like a, oh, that was funny, and not a ha-ha-ha funny, you know? And this is Right. This is the kind of movie where, like, oh, that was cute. Oh, that was funny. Like, you're just, like, kind of, like, smiling to yourself, like, you know, having your popcorn commentary to yourself, right? But this is not the kind, this is not the movie where you're like laughing out loud, but like, and I'm okay with that. I don't need it to be a comedy. It's a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with the, the, the other thing that I really liked actually about the slow computer thing and about the technology pieces is that it, it's a cool contrast to where we are with Tony Stark's technology in Endgame. Like, mm-hmm look at how far you know what i mean and like it's it it reminds me of you know the first captain america you know where howard stark was technology wise and then when you see in iron man 2 when you see the video and he's like i'm limited by the technology of my time it's like a cool thread that like carries over through these movies is you know what could they have done in different periods if they had Tony Tony Stark's technology and and yep. Bruce Banner, you know? But you remember the 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 technology of say Tony Stark and you know the Avengers was always way more advanced than what everyone else had access to. So that could also be a commentary. It's like even I think by the '90s, like Tony Stark was 
you know, um, tinkering and like, you know, inventing and doing all sorts of cool stuff. And meanwhile, like people have these very slow, you know, computers that take like, you know, an awkward minute to load up or something. But there's, but, but (laughs) Tony Stark is also a bazillionaire and we were in, um, the best friend's house, right? When we were on the computer. So I'm saying like the difference between like what, like, you know, the, the super elite have and like what us commoners have. It's yeah. cool. I like. I don't know. I, I like those little bits of commentary. I think, I think I, I I think I like. I said. I think I was looking at this more like an everyday movie than I was as much looking at it like an MCU movie. Even though that's important to, to me. Too. You should be able to do both. Like I you think should, Guardians. And I can't really I, do that with this one. I just feel like this movie. I can only really watch in context of this is like an MCU movie and this is like advancing the story and. This is where the space stone is. Remember the Tesseract? We have to show that again because we haven't seen that enough times. I, oh my God, I actually was like a little, like I remember the first time seeing this movie and being like confused, like the Tesseract, like again, like we get it. You know, another thing I just felt like I was getting hit over the head with. Call your buddy back inside and I'll listen. Deal. Oh my God. Get that thing away. How'd they get in here? The cat? This isn't what you're afraid of, is it? That's not a cat. That's a flurkin. A flurkin. One plus for this movie, I think, and we mentioned the best friend, is her. uh, The the main good guy supporting cast. I think they're, like, uh, uh, Dewanda Dewai, or, like, the, the best friend... Ben Mendelsohn as the Skrull leader is a great addition. And I like and the Skrull leader. Like I love what they, I like the twist that they did with the scrolls. Yeah, I think that's always bad in everything. There are some clever plot elements in, you know, in in these movies, uh, in this particular movie, and um, yeah, I like the you know the Kree. You should get a sense that the Kree are bad based on what you've seen in previous movies, and um, you know, so that was nice. It kind of gets turned on its head. You know, the Kree are these oppressors. And the scroll are like, you know, refugees basically escaping, you know, very timely little political commentary there. I don't know. Um, but I also it get a sense. Yeah. 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 That that was like sweet. I, li- I like that message. And now she's because then you get a sense, too, uh, that Captain Marvel is going to be this like fighter for like the little guy. You know, like because she even says in Endgame, like, you know, all these other places need my help. You know? Yeah. This is yeah. Earth's not the only country. Or only country. Earth's, <laughs> Earth's country. not the only country. The country of Earth. The country of Earth. Earth's not the only planet, right? And like, and I think that's cool too because so here's uh, something I'll say about her is she's a little overpowered, right? Mm-hmm. But she's less overpowered when you think of her as an interplanetary superhero versus some of these like, you know, Iron Man, Captain America. Even like Black Widow, like they're all Earth superheroes, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not going out and saving other planets. Now Tony has done a little of that, and then he ended up getting lost in space. So like, <laughs> you know, good job, buddy. But like, take a seat. So like, she, her, and like Doctor Strange. Like Doctor Strange frustrates me because I feel like he's super overpowered. Like you can just do the time bullshit with anybody, and then like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like, how, like how are how are we going to you know? get past that but like with her if we're going you know who knows what other crazy forces she's going to encounter and how badass they're going to be right if they do what i think they're going to do cosmic marvel could be 
awesome. And James Gunn set the stage for a very colorful space, very colorful characters, very, it just, I, we, we keep talking about like a, a future that we want for Captain Marvel and I hope it happens. I hope we come back to this movie going like, on how I felt when I watched Winter Soldier and Civil War, I'm like, yeah, those movies really added to First Avengers and made that a, a better movie in my opinion. Uh, Captain, I hope we do that with Captain Marvel. But like yeah. as it stands right now, I, I it it's fine. We it's have to fine. keep upping the ante, right? So like if the next stage you get to bigger cosmic levels of this Marvel universe, you know, I can see how Doctor Strange can help into that because he's like this interdimensional hero. So you have to kind of, you know, play with that bigger scale that they're hinting at. You know, the Guardians can also be part of that since they travel through space. But then, you know, you're always going to want to get back to more relatable situations. And that's why, like, you know, Spider-Man's the local hero, you know, the working class hero. You're always going to go back to him. And, you know, they're always going to have their Earth heroes that, you know. Fury more... appears to be in space now. That's how the, the yeah. like, he appears oh, to yeah. be in space at the end of uh, Far From Home. So. Which is... Which is wild because he's not super at all. Like, I mean, I don't mean that in like a anti Nick Fury way. Love myself some Nick Fury, but he is not like he has no powers or protection. He's just out well, in space. I think that's a way to make you know you got shield on Earth and you got sword in space, and it kind of seems to be heading in that. I think that's probably like the MCU, as we said, twenty three movies in. It's only going to get bigger, and. Uh, there's still a lot more bigger threats than Thanos out there, both on Earth. I've thought about this, <laughs> both on Earth and in space. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, Fury, uh, I think that's the right direction for S.H.I.E.L.D. to go in. And that's a way to, for him to stay to stay connected with Carol. Um, yeah, you know, I, I know that this, like, as long as this, you know, MCU machine keeps making money, it's going to keep going and we're going to still get more movies. But I have to say, you know, after Endgame, you know, and then I guess like Far From Home is kind of like an epilogue to like Phase Three, maybe the beginning of Phase Four. I don't know. I kind of felt like I'm satisfied with that personally. I know there's more you can do and there's more potential, but like I was so geared up for like the whole conclusion to this Infinity War saga that um, if if they were to say like the end at the end of Endgame. Uh, I would be satisfied with that. I don't know if I need too many more of these movies for myself, personally. I'll, I'll always go see them, but I just, I don't know if I'll have as much excitement as I did before now that, you know, so they're going to have to build that anticipation again is what I'm saying, you know? It, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I get that. Part of that too, right, is that like, and I know these actors are tired, like I get it, but like, and spoiler alert for anybody who's not living on Earth uh, and didn't see Endgame yet, but, you know, like, Tony Stark is my just absolute favorite in the MCU. And, like, it's going to be, like, not disapp maybe disappointing, right? It's not be, the same. It's not the same. Like, where's, like, and, and, and I know that, like, it's so funny because, like, one of my other favorite characters is Agent Carter. So, like, my two favorites are, like, these. But, like, you know, there's people who, like, ever since Civil War, you're either Team Cap or you're Team Tony, right? Like, I feel mm -hmm. like that some, somehow that lingered throughout the MCU fandom. But yeah. I am t I am a Tony Stark girl through and through. I ball my eyes out if I'm wa like somebody a few seats ahead of me could be watching Endgame on a plane and mm -hmm. I see you know some parts of Endgame and I are and I start crying. Like Endgame is so emotional for me. 
Oh, I I agree, and I think I I, I don't think know I if sat I get to you, JJ, and I was bawling my eyes out. Oh my god, I, it was freaking awful. I was so sad. You know, as sad as I was, I also got like the biggest chills I've ever gotten when yes. you see Tony with the stones, and he says, "And I am Iron Man," and he snaps his fingers. I thought that was like the the peak moment of like the whole franchise for me. I thought that was so so great and so great of a 360 moment you know things coming full around you're like as as a viewer who like has spent over a decade right watching and being part of this like you get everything just like floods you of like that first time in that press conference when he's like such a cocky little shit and he's like and he improvised that line he literally changed the course of the mcu Mm -hmm. uh i think this might be the only podcast i ever get to like say my whole spiel on the MCU. It, yeah. Yeah, it was the movie that I saw after I graduated high school, Iron Man. And I was with uh, my it's high school. It's crazy how long these the movies have been around. And we made out during a lot of movies and Iron Man was the first one. I'm like, we can't, this is something unique. And through, through my twenties from 18 to 29, I'm entering my thirties uh, or have entered. Uh, the MCU has always been like a big, Part of, I've always just loved to see it grow. I laughed at I laughed at its faults, the good and the bad. I loved the community, and yes, when Endgame happened and uh, Far From Home served as a nice epilogue, I did. I feel like I closed a chapter in my life and a book. Yep. But there's a I there's another book that I really want other people like. There's another book out there. Oh yeah, there's there's definitely like there's you'll get, you'll discover right. there'll be something else yeah to get just as sucked into. And, and I may not be as invested as I was in my twenties, but I kind of took a break. I did a, around Christmas time. I did a double feature of Infinity War and Endgame, and that was kind of like a goodbye 2019 type. And I'm gonna say I'll wait. I'll wait until May to watch another anything Marvel. Mm-hmm. That did not happen. This is the first Marvel movie that I've watched since december so it's been about eight months uh it's good to have that marvel feeling like i i'm like i'm itching to watch like black widow but it's this movie does feel like a marvel it gets the marvel feels in you it has it it Mm -hmm. is a marvel movie i'm nervous about black widow because i think mm -hmm. it's going to be set up for failure the same way that uh captain marvel was because it's get getting jigsawed back in yeah. to an earlier date i'm i'm nervous about that it like has to it, be it like depends on the writing for me it has, to, it has to be like reverse engineered into like this blueprint of like already established like saga and the other thing too i agree the timing is curious for me because we know what her ultimate fate is yeah and so to watch this i feel like will be bittersweet because i'm like okay this is fun this we know it's taking place like previously chronologically and all that and it can be fun but it's still like a. It's just gonna. I'm just gonna be thinking of that scene. Another tough scene in Endgame. Well, and that's the thing. It's like I mourned you already. How am I supposed to do this now? Right? Yeah. Like it's that's weird for me. Like it's like seeing an ex at a uh, at like a party or something. Like a years later and being like, uh, I don't know what I don't know what to do. Like we had yeah. good memories, but I already like I'm I've moved it's on. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I agree. That timing it almost feels like, you know, they, they maybe should have done this like a long time ago. This should have been a phase three movie like prior to Infinity War. 
This probably should have been a phase two movie. Yeah, phase two. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, should even further back. Yeah, she deserved her own movie from the jump, and and MCU fucked up. Well, they got rid of the guy who did not want these movies, and it's that that's where like he's uh, Ike Permalter who did not even want a uh, Black Widow action figure. And I'm happy Kevin Feige kind of kicked out the kicked him out and kind of like took the reins all by himself, and. Is it better late than never? Oh, look, I, it, I I like to think that whoever is writing, whoever wrote the Black Widow movie knows what's at stake, especially what has happened. And I guess we shall we shall see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, because that's, uh, you know, she's been there from the beginning, right? She's an original. Iron Man 2, even yeah. like. The movie uh, about the bird. That I movie is, see, I want I, to see my bird. That movie's at the, that movie's so. The only re- the first Iron Man two, Iron Man, Iron Man two. two. I never saw it. I never really saw you it. You never saw Iron Man two. Well, I you, you got to see Iron Man I, two. It's so memeable, especially the stuff between Sam Rockwell and Mickey Rourke, who really doesn't want to be there yep. anymore. But it's like I want, like I want my bird. Want my see, bird. I, like, it's like it's it, it, there are no rotten movies, but there are like you can only watch Iron Man two in a MCU marathon. I've never seen Iron Man two, but. I did see Iron Man three and I hated it. So I would say that's like towards the bottom of my list. I, I, I can only really think of like my top and my bottom ones. I can't really, when it comes to the middle, I don't even like bother ordering. Them I made out. a whole list. Yeah. I, like, start, I, I, cross, I started I crossed it out. I have crossed out. I have different feelings. But that was, like, yeah. Do you, do you like, you know, do you try to like weigh like what you personally like over what you think is objectively better? Like I personally really, really love guardians 2 but is it like do i think it's like one of the top three like i don't know it's a personal I, list yeah. my, like because yeah and i also almost don't and maybe maybe you guys ranked them differently but i almost don't think it's fair to even take infinity war and endgame into consideration because they just they're their own hmm. six hours of it, like it's a beast it's a yeah it's its own ridiculous level and like like, like, none of the other movies stand a chance when you're ranking because it's it just ended a powerhouse. Up Endgame could have fallen flat on this face, and we have talked about final franchise movies that have fallen flat on their sure. face. So it, it did uh, not disappoint, and that's so great to like have a satisfying earned like finale to this like long like you know twenty movie like twelve year saga because it's hard to do that. I remember in the same month that Endgame was released, the final season of Game of Thrones came out. And, like, we all know how disappointing that was for most people. Yeah. And I remember going into that month, and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, we got both of these things in the same month. And people were saying, if you could only watch one, which one (laughs) would you watch? Like, if you could only get Endgame or the final Game of Thrones season. And I remember having already seen, I guess, season seven of Game of Thrones kind of hinted that, you know, it would be disappointing. But I remember thinking, like, no, Endgame. Endgame, I feel like that would be reliably better. I'll take that over the final Game of Thrones season. I felt very vindicated <laughs> that that was the right choice. And you have to think, too, right? We were we were given all of the reasons to believe that Endgame was going to be awesome. Every Avengers movie, mm-hmm. like, has been great. Like, objectively great. Now, you can rank the... Like, if you take just the Avenger movies 
And I guess you can almost consider Civil War an Avenger movie, even though it's technically a Captain America movie. Shut up. Like, it's not. It's mm-hmm. an Avenger movie. So if you take just the Avenger movies, right, they are all pretty freaking awesome. Like, they're just yeah. so cool. You know, Nick had never seen... Uh, Nick is my fiancé. He had never seen... Um, the first Avengers movie and we're watching it now and he, um, but we're old. So we fall asleep in the middle of movies, but mm-hmm. we're in the, in the process of watching it. And he's like, wow, you know, this is such a different level than these origin story movies. He's like, I thought it was going to feel forced and hokey that they're putting all these characters in together. Mm-hmm. He's like, but it's not somehow. And he's like, I don't know how that's possible, but it's just it's just good. And I was like, I know. This is what I've been trying to tell you. It's so hard to balance so many big characters. And they seem to, like, get better and better at it as time went on. And, you know, Infinity War, like, had... I think Infinity War arguably has more characters to balance than Endgame, considering that half of them And you're trying to make to Thanos, dust. who is the lead of that movie. You're tra- Like, you have to build up, like... I think people, Thanos could have all also fallen flat on his face as like a one of like he's up there now with one of the best villains, if I'm not mistaken. But like that could have also you had one movie to really develop this character and they made him the lead. Because you know we had gotten like lots of little snippets of the character in these post credit scenes that were less really, than a minute that like, were really just like nothing really it's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah I'm coming <laughs> I'm like, coming yeah yeah we know we know. Um, but I think that all credit goes to like the Russos have proven through even through their sitcom work of Arrested Development and Community that they know how to handle an ensemble cast and it also goes to it's funny my my top five are Civil War Winter Soldier Infinity War Endgame and Thor Ragnarok like it's so like I think what they like I'm in the Russo Marcus uh, the writers uh, Marcus and McFeely camp I think they just knew what they do they made me, they made Doctor Strange a great character. And I I like Doctor Strange. It's in my it's number fifteen for me. But it's uh they really knew what to do with these characters. I don't think they knew what to do with they did the best with uh Captain Marvel. Yeah, just to bring it around full circle again, um you know, it's tough because she is such a powerful character. Uh and I feel like at times this movie just plays it too safe. You know, she's a, it's like they want to handle this first female lead and give her like, you know, a solid movie. They want to, you know, be able to continue the streak of all these other movies I've been doing so well. It just seemed like it was too safe. And it's it, it, that's that ultimately, I think, is um, a shame because the first female lead of an MC movie should be a bold um, should have something bold to go along with her. So. so. But so I have, I have two things to, to bring into that, right? One is, you know, the fact that we haven't had a female all like all this time. Like, I think it had to be safe because they were so worried about rocking the fandom. And That's surprise, fair. and surprise, they still did, right? As safe as this movie was, it still is a divided film. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here today. So, so that speaks to the fandom. It saved our lives. It saved our lives. But so... The, the other pieces, right, and, and I hadn't even thought about this before we coming into the podcast, but I should have, is, you know, of all the people, and, and you guys know, like, names of creators and stuff like that and producers better than I do, and, like, for me, I, I just don't have the, the space in my brain for that. Like, I just don't have the capacity like you guys do. But That's it. You're out of here. You're, ah! But my, like, 
every name I've heard you guys say is almost exclusively male, right? Yeah. We have, there's so. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Part of the problem is no offense to any man in the world, but no man is going to write a movie for women the way a woman could write a movie for woman for a woman. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you're like, there's always going to be some level of that. And so if they want to make really good movies with female leads, they should probably hire a woman in the creative team to make that happen. Well, look at what happened with wonder woman. That was directed by a woman. Um, yep. And you know, she didn't really have even that much experience with like action movies at all. And that turned out to be a huge success. And you had a really charismatic lead. And um, I think that was like um, a very successful movie. And so with uh, this. To add to your point, Heather, I do, I do think you make an excellent point. Uh, and I think where Captain Marvel gets it right, as I said before, the message, the uh, take the superhero elements out of it. It really works as a female led superhero. But they also didn't know anything about. I really didn't get a sense of Captain Marvel was otherwise. And, and, and it's a it's a it's a different it's a difficult character to find a personality for. And as I said, I I can't wait to see where this character goes, what who she becomes, who she is. I, I guess at the time, yeah, I want to. I, I have another issue too though. I feel like I only really rewatched this movie for this podcast and this is not really one I'm going to go back to unfortunately. Again cuz it just doesn't really like stand out. I feel I'm never going to be like, "Ooh, I really want to watch Captain Marvel right now." It just felt like I feel like the word for this movie for me is obligatory. It's like, "Well, we have to explain this character. We have to like tie all these other loose ends in this movie." And I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this because I have to, because, you know, to, to make sense in Endgame, I need, I want to know who this character is who saves Tony Stark and then flies away. I'm going to have to watch this movie. And then that's how I felt about it. Where were you born? Huntsville, Alabama, but technically I don't remember that part. Name your first pet. Mr. Snoofers. Mr. Snoofers. That's what I said. Did I pass? Not yet. First job? Soldier. Straight out of high school. Left the ranks of full bird colonel. Then? Spy. Where? It was the Cold War. We were everywhere. Belfast, Bucharest, Belgrade, Budapest. I like the bees. I can make them ride. Now? Been riding the desk for the past six years, trying to figure out where our future enemies are coming from. Never occurred to me they would be coming from above. Name a detail so bizarre a scroll could never fabricate it. A toast is cut diagonally. I can't eat it. You didn't need that, did you? No. No, I didn't. But I enjoyed it. I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, but... I really suggest do a rewatch in chronological order. We're chasing the Tesseract over here, you know, in my house. And it's kind of fun to do that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun to to chase the, tra- the Tesseract. It's kind of fun to see it in context. I think, you know, and and like, it'll also kind of remind you that phase one was a little shakier. It That's is. O- it's okay. That's okay. It's like a snake eating itself. It's like it works as a phase one movie, but it was made in phase three where it doesn't work. But because it was, it, it, it yeah, it's an Aurora Boris. It just like, it works as a phase one movie. It works right between like Hulk and Thor. Like, uh, and like, I opinion. don't, I don't consider the Thor movie part of the MCU. Oh, you got, no, it, it, well, it is. You gotta, gotta. It's, I I don't. General Ross came back. You have to take the good, take the bad. Yeah. Well, they, but bad. it was 
it's, it's not, not even bad. that it was that bad. It was it was done before they had put in place their plan. So like, mm. that's the beauty of it. No, that's not though. That's because the, no, no, you you take it flaws and all. You take it flaws. No, and because all. it wasn't it wasn't put in like. It doesn't make sense in the plan because it was never part of the plan. Well, they didn't even know if it was it worth was making the a plan. plan. They didn't know if it was even worth making the plan so early on because it's like, well, you know, we're making these movies. The first Iron Man was successful, but, you know, are we going to be able to sustain this for so long? And then after then once, I, you know, this is all like theoretical, I, I'm guessing here. Once they realize that they could maintain the success and keep this going, then they're like, OK, now we can do more long term planning. So there's early, those early movies. Yeah, they're like. You know, maybe you can go back and see how it doesn't add up later on. But Edgar, again, <laughs> like they didn't really know how long this could go on for at the time. Edgar Wright's Ant Man was a, in Phase One was a part of the plan. Like, it, like it, I think you just have to take like directors leave out of creative differences. I uh, flaws and all. Like, I, I look. I'm not look, once again. Incredible Hulk is 23 out of 23 for my Marvel movies. But I do think. I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it, but it was if it was on at one o'clock on a Sunday and I'm not and I'm cleaning my house, there are some really good moments I can find in it. But like you just said that original Ant Man, but that's not in phase one. It was supposed to be. It was supposed to be. But like you can't take the supposed to be's, right? You gotta I think you, you you gotta take it all. That's why I love about the MCU. Like who who was gonna Patty Jenkins was gonna direct Thor the Dark World. And that fell through, and they got a, t a really uh, they thought a TV director of Game of Thrones, Alan Taylor, and he did Soprano. He's a very good TV director, but his uh, Thor: The Dark World just maybe was a little too much to handle. Also, saying there's some good moments in that too, but Patty Jenkins then went on to Wonder Woman. You gotta kind of, I see it all. You see who you lost. I mean, they just lost, uh, or they lost Scott Derrickson. For Doctor Strange, and they got a Sam Raymond. Yeah, like it, like it's. I don't want to draw on Incredible Hulk, but <laughs> I don't know. I Eric Bat. We've had we now have three Hulks, and of course Mark Ruffalo is the best one in my opinion. Best, he's had, he's the mm -hmm. best one. Uh, but Norman does a pretty good job. It, that movie to me is like uh, the the other Spider Man movies and the other like. It exists it's in like the, the mark. You didn't know you had. Well, no, I'm saying like it's like uh, what do you call it? Uh, Tommy Maguire Spider Man. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie, but it's not part of the. It's not. It's not part of my MCU. That, that's uh, a Ed whole Norton's, other story. Ed Norton's <laughs> not my president. You know what I mean? He's mine. He's my president. I'm so proud of you. You've come a long way since I found you that day by the lake. But can you keep your emotions in check long enough to take me on? Or will they get the better of you as always? I always told you, you'll be ready the day you can knock me down as yourself. This is that moment. This is that moment, Beers. Turn off the light show and prove, prove to me you can beat me with that. Well, all right. We've gone up and down, you know, the MCU, and you know, just trying to think about how you know this Captain Marvel movie fits in in this greater grand picture of things. But uh, I think now is the time to come to give our own personal approval score. I think we might be up and down the board on this one. Ooh, yeah, this is you know, the calculator for this. So Heather, you'll start us off. Uh, what approval rating percentage would you give Captain Marvel? 
You know, I really loved this movie. I I want to give it. Uh, I want to give it like a ninety percent. I think she said to Jude Law, "I've got nothing to prove to you." And you know what? I I feel that this movie it stands on its own. She's a badass. She's cool. And if that movie was written with a man in the lead, everybody would have liked it more. And that pisses me off. So ninety percent. Wow. Okay. No, that's that's fair. That's that's yeah. Uh, no, I think that that this movie's more. This movie is a divided movie. I used to think that the forty eight percent was just like, oh man, this movie got bombarded by hate and just couldn't recover from it. But yeah, I can totally. I think we kind of really dissected why this is a divided movie. Uh, I think I've said all my my whole piece on this movie. I do. I do like it. It's fine. Uh, but it 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 ranks twenty. In my list, it ranks in the bottom five, unfortunately. But once again, they're all tomatoes in my book. I'm going to give it a 68. Wait, so I want, JJ, when you go, I want to hear where it ranks for you, too. Because mine, it's in, like, the upper third. Well, you know, I think this is definitely in my, like, lower five. My lowest five. Um you know, with um, again, like Iron Man three, I really didn't like. Um, that will be on our bonus. Thor, Thor two. JJ for not liking Iron Man. I can get it. I get it. It's in my. It's number sixteen for me. So I'm not Iron Man three. Yeah. Iron Defender. Uh, it's 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 down there. I just this is not one I'm really going to go back to. I think part of the fun with so many of these Marvel movies I've always really loved is I can watch them over and over again, have a great time. And this one, I gotta say, it felt like a chore to me. Wow. after you watch this and again it has nothing to do with the fact that it's a female lead i want more female leads in the mcu don't get me wrong it's just like this seems so like like any other movie to me besides the fact that it's a female lead everything else about it is just generic and uh that's that's a shame to me so i am going to give this movie a down the line 50 percent jeez it's interesting though this whole like it feels so generic it feels like so many of the other movies but those other movies you rank higher it's just interesting right i, I mean like if it feels just like thor and captain lead. america well and, and i'm not saying it like you know this is not coming for you in any way it's it's how as a society we are conditioned to look at women versus men right and it's i think it's just I think there's a lot to that. You have to admit, though, that uh, for like phase three was knocking out of the park, really kind of figured its way out. Like Thor, Black Panther had its style. Uh, Civil War was my, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Spider-Man Homecoming was a, a great uh, interpretation of Spider-Man. And Captain Marvel does come out with like an unstylistic formulaic. As you said, it works better in... It works better. Well, it works better in Phase One, but it's a Phase Three movie. It's in a war bore. It, it's it will always be in between two worlds. And and in my defense, I it's not my absolute bottom. Like I think my absolute lowest would be like probably like Thor Two. Even the first Thor is really low for me. And then also um, other ones I've seen. Like I I also have not seen the Incredible Hulk. Um, but like also um, Iron Man Three. Those to me also seem like like the most like basic mcu movies and those are even like less enjoyable for me because i get like frustrated with those ones um 
So So would you rank those lower than 50%? I would give those lower than 50% because, like, again, I just don't – those are wrong for me because, like, I, I didn't have fun watching them. I feel like, for me, they weren't doing anything, like, as interesting or unique as, like, the more successful ones were. Uh, so I feel like those were those were rotten in my eyes. Wow. Truth right, comes right. out, folks. JJ's not actually an MCU fan. The truth has come He's out. I have MCU a high bar. I have an a, MCU boy, not an MCU girl. I have a high bar, okay? I, I like these I like the whole franchise so much that I hold them to a high standard, okay? Wow. I care. I care. Wow. And I want <laughs> and I want there to be like a female led mcu movie that is also like bold in direction that is like yeah, i agree it's it's yeah. as awesome as like thor ragnarok but like has a female lead and i think that would make it even better and so that that's what i that's what i want i think a female-led movie deserves better than captain marvel wonder woman had a vision and style mm-hmm. exactly oh. i think i think too right you know we, you brought up spider-man's origin story and we got a really good taste of him before his origin movie. And I think at this point in the MCU, because everybody else is so well established, it it is a disservice to whatever character you're introducing to not give a teaser. Even Black Panther. We got to see Black Panther and get a feel for him before mm. we got his movie. And I think that that's truly important for the success of whatever origin films come next. It's an ever-changing list. Yeah, and I and and ever expanding too. <laughs> oh, of course, and like yeah. and and they, you know, with 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 the virus and the things that are, you know, uh, restrictions on how people can film movies right now. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do in the short term versus what they'll be able to do in the long term and how that changes the schedule. But regardless of all of that, right, is that we have some really amazing, cool characters that we've gotten this much of a glimpse of. Uh, like what's her face um, in Thor? Uh, Natalie Portman. No, that takes over yeah. Asgard. What's her oh, face? Uh, wait, takes over. Yeah, she's like gonna run Asgard for him. Sif. Is that who it is? The one that's on the horse. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, the Valkyrie. Yeah. Oh oh yo! I thought you meant. I thought you were talking about Thor one. Uh, yeah no Valkyries. Valkyrie's an excellent character. New Asgard. New Asgard. Give me give me her origin story. You know what I mean? Like, like I want someone who I've gotten a little taste for because that opens the door for us to feel more connected to them. And it also gives them a chance to get to know the character a little bit so that they're not put at the disadvantages that Captain Marvel was put at. That could be super epic, actually. A movie on the Valkyries. Yeah. You go back and you have a whole movie about this like army of curious. like Pegasus flying warrior women who like go in the universe and like, you know, kick ass. I would watch the crap out of that. I'm very curious where the Disney Plus longer movie, the miniseries will fit into all this Falcon. Uh, Falcon and Bucky, and one like once again, Monica, the young girl in uh, Captain Marvel, will be playing a I don't know how big of a role in WandaVision, but I think they're setting her up to be a major character, hopefully in the MCU going forward. It seems that way. I, I love that, I, and I want to see uh, Iron Man's daughter, you know, and the the guy who uh, the kid from Iron Man three. I know Iron Man three is a sore subject, but. You know, he does show up at, at Tony's One funeral. One step at a time. He does. But do we want to know our score? 
Oh yeah, yeah let's what's do our, that. What's our average score? It I... comes out our three scores combined, and I'm actually very satisfied with this one. It comes out to sixty-nine point three. I kind of, so I kind of like... hit... took the the sixty. It kind of falls in line with it, my. Uh... It is closer to the critic score, so. Okay, I find myself on the outs probably for the first time. It's <laughs> a first for everything, but uh, we are officially, for Captain Marvel, we are officially siding with the critics. Yeah! Woo-hoo. You guys are. I'm not. I'm with the people on this one. Um, but, you know, lots of a uh, lot of Marvel stuff in the future, guys, so uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be you know excited to watch that and talk about that in the future. Hopefully this is our only MCU film yeah uh i hope i think so i'm gonna predict i'm gonna predict and i hope that i'm wrong but i'm gonna predict that black widow widow has a similar fate but that'd be i think i think we'll be back for a black widow uh a pod possibly could be a follow-up yeah we'll see we'll wait whenever that that comes out yeah Yeah. in 2086 yeah (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thanks, Heather, for joining us to discuss Captain Marvel. Great to have you back on the podcast. Yes, pod. thank you again, and congratulations on getting engaged. Yes, the newly engaged Heather Tedesco. Thank you. Um, thank so, you, thank uh, you. you know, thanks, everyone, for listening in, and join us again next time for another Divided Film.